as a salesperson, you absolutely should be using emotions and feelings in your sales process. So how can you attach those feelings when something's good to your product? And how can you attach them to something bad when you're selling against the competition in a way that makes sense and allows for you to close the deal? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from the North Shore of Oahu today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from Haleiwa Ali'i Beach Park. And I'm in the wild, which means I'm 30 feet from the water. So you're probably going to hear the waves. You're probably going to hear the ocean. You might hear some birds chirping and occasionally people talking. Where I'm sitting, they bring a lot of tourists to come look at the giant green sea turtles and they're not out today. Because uh, it's the end of the year and everybody's heading to parties and I wanted to get one more episode recorded. This is the last episode that I'm recording in 2021, and it's How to Sell Show number 204, Emotions and Sales, or How to Use Emotions and Sales to Close More Deals, Part 2. So as a salesperson, you can definitely use emotions and sales to close deals. Please do this right so you're not seen as manipulative. Please, please, please. You know, there's a point where you can go overboard and you can go too far. And with that being said, you can induce reactants or skepticism in your presentations. And those two things are hard to overcome. If you're going to overcome uh, skepticism or reactance, it usually happens off of hard closing or discounts. And the sales sometimes will unwind and they won't stick. All right, I want to give you a heads up about this episode of the How to Sell Show today. So here's the thing. I'm going to share with you concepts, ideas, and strategies of how to use emotions in sales. And there are ways to tie emotions both good and bad to items, products, services, and people. And so I'm going to encourage you to use this however you want. Uh, it could be considered white hat for you, could be considered, considered gray hat for you, could be considered black hat for you, depending upon how you look at it. And at the end of the day, everybody's going to sell a little bit differently. Everybody's going to do things the way that they want to. I'm just giving you one version of a recipe. Does it mean you have to use it? No. Does it mean you could use it? Yep. Does it mean you could modify it? Absolutely. There's a lot of different ways for you to use emotion to sell. And so some of the content that I'm going to share with you is tying negative emotions to outcomes. I want you to think about that because that's super important. Tying negative emotions to outcome and tying positive emotions to outcomes. Because either way, you can either help you close deals, seal deals, or, or create a bear trap for somebody you're selling against. With that being said, if you trigger this hard enough, you can you can push contempt. And contempt in the world of body language happens like this. If you're right-handed, contempt is going to be seen on the left side of your face. If you're left-handed, contempt is going to be seen on the right side of your face. And so if you are meeting with a buyer and you trigger contempt, which means absolute distrust, distrust and disgust for you, then the chances of you closing a deal without something magical happen, it's just, it's not going to be there. And so when somebody has contempt for you, you're in a dangerous spot. When I teach body language to uh, police officers, people who have to deal with crimes, what you need to know is somebody who has contempt for you will harm you. 
They, they, they do not like you. They do not care for you. It is way beyond that. They will harm you. And so if you push the buttons of emotions too far, you can trigger contempt with your buyers. So you should absolutely use emotions in sales to help close deals. But I want to give you some ground rules. Your vocabulary that you have to use, have to use will match your style. So if you use big words naturally, you can use big words in your presentation. But if you're, if you're using them out of the blue and they don't seem right, the person's going to start going, wait, 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 wait. What just happened here? Is this the case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? What just happened? And they're going to be more focused on not the, the content of what you're saying, but the words. And they're going to be like, something's not right here. And they're going to get the butterflies in the stomach. Your vocal pitch and tone matter. They really do. It's not going to be something that you do that's going to cause you to either win or lose a deal, but I will say that it gives you some influence on it. I will say that it gives you the capability of, of helping and get bonus points to close the deal because it works towards rapport. It works towards the conversation. So you can mirror the words that the person uses when they're upset, when they're angry, when they're happy, when they're excited. That's part of mirroring. Part of mirroring is doing their tone, their pitch, their pace, all of that goes into to mirroring. Questions and stories rule. So like, you know, when you ask a question, somebody can hear the question and they don't have to answer, but they do have to think about it. And then stories can be relayed, even though they don't remember 100% of the facts, you can still use emotional words in the story to leave a little bit of highlight in the brain. Last on this list is people buy with emotion and justify with logic. And I, you know, coming up in sales, like I really hated this. I really didn't believe it. I didn't want anything to do with it. And then I found it's harder to sell on logic than it is to sell on emotion. You just have to do it right. I want you to know a couple of things about yourself when it comes to you selling. You do have to know this. That when you use emotional in sales, you use emotions with the buyer but you hold fast about your beliefs in your conversations. So you don't become emotional because of what you're saying. Now, I'm going to give you an example that's a little bit different. Um, when my dad passed, a lot of people knew him. I ended up writing with a salesperson to a call where the person knew my dad, where the buyer knew my dad. And uh, he relayed a story about my father, and it made us both cry. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, you can emotionally connect with somebody and, and have deep rapport with them. What I'm talking about is when they get caught up and they get upset, that you don't get angry as well. So real rapport, did I cry as an adult man at a sales call when I was doing a ride-along? Absolutely. Because like I had just lost my dad and the, the dude knew him, knew him. So if you get emotionally wrapped up, it creates problems later on down the road in the presentation. Your being too emotional looks like you're out of control. And you need certainty in a sales process. They need emotions, you need certainty. And so in, in sales, your buyer is looking to you for leadership. They're looking for you to, to take control, to take charge. And that's part of where certainty comes from. So does confidence. Like I can be confident and still say the wrong things and do the wrong things and still close the deal. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that like sometimes this can either make a sales call easier or it can make it harder. doesn't mean you're not going to close the deal. In my, in my world, it's my belief to make the competition's job implicitly difficult and explicitly harder. I want to show that they're not prepared. I want to show that they're not ready. I want to show that they, they're not good at what they do. I want to show that my presentation's more thought out than theirs, and it leads to the outcome of the buyer saying yes. I want it to be night and day. 
I, I want the other person to not shine as bright as I do. I want to point out that the person that I'm up against has a minimal offering and it's not that good. That their solutions are subpar and irrelevant. I want to be seen as the expert. I want to be known as the expert. I want people to quote me to say things that I've said, to repeat words, phrases, word tracks that I've said and that I've done. And I want to paint pictures of limitations of the expectation when they're true. Okay? Here's the thing. The truth matters. If you're going to use emotions and sales, like you really definitely want to be on the, on the positive side. You want to be on the good team. You don't want to be on the bad team. You want to make sure that you're doing things right, that the process that you're using is good, that things are working towards your direction. So this is my nice way of saying, don't make stuff up. If you don't know, say you don't know. You know, there's, there's times where people ask me questions. What do you think about this or that? And if I don't know, I'm going to tell them, no clue. Don't have anything good or bad to say about it. So this brings us to a point. Let's talk about the words, the words. Come on, Scott. Let's talk about emotions, <laughs> the words you can use in a presentation. Let's start with you in copywriting. They say the word, they being copywriters and marketers, say the word you is everyone's favorite phrase. I'm going to say, yes, that's true. And I'm going to give a yes and. So you, your, and yours. Those are all things that people look for, plus their name. People love their name. My favorite word, my name. (laughs) I was going to say cash, but I was going to be lying. So I, I want to take you down a path. I want to give you some different ideas, some different concepts, some different strategies, and you can definitely stack these together. And there's no 100% right way of doing this. There's no 100% wrong way of doing it. I'm just going to give you examples that have worked for me. I'm going to give you examples that of things that I have done and things that I have seen that I've seen closers do that I've considered, I figured out on my own. You can take from this list what you gather. The outcome is going to be on you. So I gave you the, the you, your, yours, and the name. Let's talk about happy words. Happy words are going to be used to explain the outcome that the buyer has with you. These are your words. You own them. Like if you could possess a dictionary and put your company's name, your product, your service next to it, these words all belong to you. They don't belong to the competition. They belong to you. So you explain outcomes using these words. But please, please, please be truthful with what you do. So here's a list, and this is not the only list. It's just a quick list of what you could use. Animated, delighted, eager, energized, enthused, excited, happy, jovial, motivated, opportunity, pleased, and thrilled. So you can talk about your product or service, and when you talk about outcomes, these are words that you want to use. Animated, delighted, eager, energized, enthused, excited, happy, jovial, motivated, opportunity, pleased, and thrilled. But they have to match your personality. Okay, this is, this, These have to be words that you, choose the word that you would use. I gave you a list of about nine different words. For you to pick from the one you're like, oh, that sounds like something I would say. And then what you're going to do is you're going to tie them to positive execution word tracks. Okay. And they're going to sound something like this. I'm going to take these phrases at the end of the day. Here's the outcome you can expect. Here's what to expect. Success looks like you will find your final result. Your needs will be met. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take those happy words that I just gave you a list of, and I'm going to tie them to positive execution phrases. So we're building out word tracks here. But remember, you're going to use the phrase that sounds like something you would say. So I'm going to take the words animated, delighted, eager, energized, enthused, excited, happy, jovial, motivated, opportunity, pleased, and thrilled. 
and then I'm going to mix them up with, at the end of the day, here's the outcome you can expect, here's what to expect, success looks like, you will find your final results, your needs will be met. Now, is this the, is this the master list where there's everything written possible? No. I've got about 30 minutes on each episode that I do for the How to Sell show. I don't have 30 days. So in order to mix these up and, and put them together, so at the end of the day, you are going to be excited when this project is over. Here's the outcome you can expect, and you will be thrilled when you get delivery. Here's what to expect, and you're going to be delighted. Success looks like the delivery on the date that it happens and your excitement for getting it done or your enthusiasm for having it take place. You're going to find that you're going to be happy with the outcome of everything that we take care of for you, and you're going to love it. I should have put love in the happy words. I don't know how I missed that one. That one should be in there. I will definitely put it in the show notes. (laughs) I will make sure that I put the word love. I always use the word love. Love. You will love. So you're going to mix these words up and you're going to mix these phrases up. And it's going to be a natural way for you to use emotions in your sales process. Now, where there's positive, you can always do the negative. You can do negative words plus negative execution. So here's here's some words that are negative words. Abuse, awkward, bumbling, clumsy, here's what to look for, inconsistent, inept, malpractice, neglect, poor execution, and unimpressed. So inevitably, people will ask me about products, services, or people. And they'll say, Scott, I want to know what your thoughts are. And I'm going to lead, I am going to lead the conversation. I'm going to turn it into a question. And so someone's going to say, hey, Scott, what do you think about this product or service? And I'm going to say, you know, here's the thing. Are you asking me if it's going to be inconsistent, if it's going to be a case of poor execution, if you're going to be impressed? Look, here's the thing. I don't want you to be frustrated. And since I don't throw stones at people who aren't here with me, I really don't have anything to say. Now, I didn't explicitly come out and say anything bad about a person. I didn't slander anybody. It's more of a question. I'm like, I need some clarification here. Are you asking me if, you know, you're going to be unimpressed at inconsistencies or poor execution? Because, like, at the end of the day, I don't want you to be frustrated. But here's the other thing. What you need to know is I don't throw stones at people who aren't here to defend themselves. I didn't 100% say anything either direction. I didn't, I didn't agree with them. I didn't disagree with them. I just said, is this possible what you're asking me? And sometimes they're going to say yes, and sometimes they're going to say no. So, like, you've got the negative, uh, negative words. Abuse, awkward, bumbling, clumsy. Here's what to look for. Inconsistent, inept, malpractice, neglect, poor execution, unimpressed. And then you're going to use frustration words. I don't want you to choose the wrong option and be frustrated. Like when somebody says, hey, Scott, I'm looking at this product. I don't want you to, you know, choose the wrong option and be frustrated. I want you to be happy and excited and thrilled at the execution of everything I'm going to deliver. So like I can can combine the positive and negative words or I can just go 100% like this. Here's a whole list of them. Aggravation, agitated, anger, annoy, annoyance, boring, consequences, content, disappointment, dissatisfied, disturbance, disqualified, which is an amazing word. I love disqualified. Enrage, hindrance, provoke. And anytime that you're talking about the competition, these words describe them. This is like the guy that you can't stand or the girl that you can't stand that you, you sell against, right? Because either they're scumbags or you just don't care for them. So, like, I try to tie a negative word to the competition without explicitly saying anything bad about them. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want you to be frustrated with that choice. I don't want you to be disturbed after you make that purchase. And then they might come back and ask you for a reason why. And if you're going to do that, you're going to have to state why. Or you're just going to have to say like, hey, look, it's just things that I've heard. You Be aware that you have to be very careful here. So I've given you positive words and I've given you negative words plus execution. I want to give you some dangerous words. I like to call these bad boy words because like people want to look for that thrill. They want to know that they did something and eh, it might have been in the gray area for them, might not be. But like, you know, you think of women like to date bad boys because for them it's a thrill. It's excitement. There's a lot of other reasons to it too, but this is why I call them bad boy words. Okay. So there's band, beware, cautious, clandestine, controversial, covert, exclusive, hidden, out of bounds, private, secret, sense of danger, unpublished, veiled, warning, stealthy, underground, and silent. There's a ton of words here. There's a ton of words that you could use. There's different ways that you could use them. But like if you're talking about um, the competition, uh, bad boy words may be like, that's that's one of the ways this could be a bear trap. You go back to episode number 152 of the How to Sell show, and I talk about bear traps. Like, if I'm up selling against somebody and I know which style that they're using and I know who taught them, I'm going to use everything I can to sell against them for what they know and how they know it. Like, you know, they're using covert sales practices, and these are the things that they're going to say, and these are the things that they're going to do. Like, they think that they're being stealthy, and they think that they're they're being private and secret about it, but here's here's how they're going to ask this. Here's what they're going to do, and here's how you're going to be manipulated. Here's the things that you're going to have a problem with. Here's why you're not going to like it. So there's this thing in, in psychology called primacy and recency. Primacy means first, recency means second. So recency means last, I'm sorry. And so like when, when somebody hears something for the first time, that's the first version of it that they've heard. So like politicians will rush to be the first person to talk about something because they got frame control, they got power control. The person in the middle typically isn't heard or talked about or even thought about. It's the person who's first and last. So that's recency. Recency is last. And so you can tie negative connotations towards a salesperson if a buyer is going to meet to them. You can tie negative connotations towards a, a product or service if a buyer is thinking of looking at it without explicitly saying anything bad, without explicitly coming out and saying, this thing's a piece of garbage or it's a piece of junk. You can just tie an emotion to it. You can tie a feeling to it. Scott, I'm looking at XYZ product. Well, I don't want you to be frustrated. Why is that, Scott? Uh, You know what? Here's the thing. Sometimes uh, the way that that's done is that's a covert opportunity, and these things are said, and those things are said, and this is why I don't believe in it. It's just not not the way that I would deal with people. Okay? So you you can use these words and tie them to people, events, products, services, strategies, the way that people do things. Like realistically, this is <laughs> uh, bear traps number part number two, uh, how to use bear traps in sales. But I just did it a lot further. But it's also tied to emotions, okay? So you could use these dangerous words when you're talking about people's product services, what they have to offer, what they have to do, what they're planning on delivering, and even their sales process. So let's go through them. Band, beware, cautious, clandestine, controversial, Covert, exclusive, hidden, out of bounds, private, secret, sense of danger, unpublished, veiled, warning, stealthy, underground. So just, you can attach, you can literally attach emotions to people's thoughts, beliefs, and what they have to do. And if you understand primacy and recency, you know, first and last, you can do this all day long. 
You know, it's just, it's, the whole thing is, at the end of the day, to build doubt. Right? Without outright saying anything bad about the person, the product, or the service. Your job is to build doubt. Like, uh, anytime, anytime that somebody is up against me, I want the, the person watching the competition, I'm going to put that term loosely, I want them to feel like the person that they're watching that is, in their minds, think is competition, is that guy on an infomercial or that girl on an infomercial that can't cut a tomato or that can't use a screwdriver or can't use a garden hose. I want people to feel like my competition is 100% inept. I want them to feel like those they're, they're just struggling. Like if there's a door, they, they, there's a sign on front that says push, and they're the one that's out there pulling. That's what I want that person to seem like, okay? <laughs> you can use words about missing out. This is all about regret and FOMO. Regret and FOMO work pretty well with a lot of people. Like, and sometimes, occasionally, it works on me. I'm not going to say all the time. So you don't want people to miss out. You want words, thoughts, beliefs, strategies to believe this. So, so you can say things like get in while you can, last chance, last one, last time ever, members only, only time ever, limited quantities, prices will be raised, this is going away, time will be expired, your secret special. And then now you want to tie an emotion to these phrases. This is the last chance and I don't want you to be frustrated that you missed out on it. This is the last one that we have and I want you to be happy that you were able to get a hold of it. You can tie negative and positive words to any of these missing out phrases and have them work. So that's not it doesn't it's not just one way, it's a bunch of ways. Imagine these are painting pictures in the mind of the buyer. The more that you can make senses feel real, the better off you're going to be. So like let's just go through some of the senses. You've got visual with what you see, feel is what you touch. Hear, you know, you can actually hear, which is auditory. You could use smell. You can use uh, digital, where people are very analog. analog. And, you know, um, people who are engineers are typically analog, where they get excited about, like, just thoughts and beliefs. But here's the thing for you. At the end of the day, you're going to have to choose what you're going to put in your promotion. You're going to have to choose what you put in your conversations. You're going to have to choose what you put in your presentation. And the reason why this is important is you have to be you and I have to be me. I, you could take my phrases, you could take my words, you could take the emotions that I use, and you can choose the ones that are going to work the right way for you. But know that in the beginning of a conversation, you may have to entice buyers into using emotional words, phrases, ideas, and concepts. It's not just going to come out automatically. You're going to have to put some work towards this. And you're going to have to be the one that goes first. You know, you're going to have to use the emotional words first because the buyer is going to go, oh, Scott used those emotional words. I can use them now too. If there was ever a lesson that took me a long time to learn, it was that, that I had to go first, that I had to be willing to ask emotional questions, that I had to be willing to use the emotional words. But at the same time, I had to know that I needed to stand fast. And if there was struggles, there was problems, that I needed to remain calm. I needed to be the person who was going to be the leader in, in the process. So you going first is a big deal. You know, if you ask somebody, how would you make, how would that make you feel? Like you don't lead, you don't add the word frustrated. You don't use the word angry because you're using it to gather their intel. You're using it to gather the words that they would use. So if I said, Hey listener, how would that make you feel if that happened to you? Would you be frustrated? Would you be angry? No, they may come back and go, Scott, I'd be pissed. Well, frustrated and angry are not on the same scale as pissed. So be willing to allow people to talk and be willing to let some of that time set in. 
you can 100% use silence to your advantage. Now, I'm going to let you know that I'm a geek and I've, I've timed these things out and I've taken a look at them, that the average person answering is going to answer between three and six seconds of you asking a question. Magic happens at 15 to 20. And I remember probably about 10 years ago, I was working with a sales guy and we had a conversation before we did the ride along. I was, I was doing a job shadow. So what would happen is I would run the sales call and then he would run a sales call and then I would run a sales call and he'd run a sales call. And I told him from the very beginning, I said, I use a lot of silence. I use a lot of questions and I will make people uncomfortable and you've got to shut your freaking pie hole. We're sitting at the table and I asked the guy for the sale and I just sit there and smile and I tilt my head forward and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, sign, baby, sign. And I could see the sales guy next to me starting to want to talk. And I'm just, well, I just, I gave a masterful presentation. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, if you talk, you are going to ruin this. So the reason I bring this up is there are times where you just have to know that you're going to have to be silent. And then there's times where you're going to invite people to share more. So somebody will say, hey, that would make me really frustrated. And I might ask, is that it? I want to deepen that wound. I want to take the knife and I want to twist it. I want to make the emotions more emotional. So can you tell me more about that? Would you share with me why you say that? Like, I'm going to ask more questions. And if you're new to this, this may be uncomfortable for you. If you're new to this, you're like, oh, I don't know if I could get away with that. Yes, you can have these conversations as long as you have empathy and you're real and you're not, you know, you're not trying to take advantage of people. And not every question that you ask can be an emotional-based one. Remember, you're going you're gonna to trigger emotional manipulative feelings if you go too far with this and you're going to know pretty quick because you're going to have people who are frustrated and angry. And I've been on sales calls where people have told salespeople, and including me, this feels manipulative. But once again, remember and be aware that you have to control your emotions and feelings and you have to be aware of what's going on with the buyer. And last of all, even angry people will buy. I have sold products, services to people who are upset and angry. And it's something early on in my career, I didn't believe that I didn't understand. No matter what state people are in, they're going to buy with some exceptions. You have to be aware when people have skepticism, when people have reactants, that they don't really care for the message and they don't want to listen to it, or when people have contempt for you. Those are all emotions that are really tough to overcome without excessive discounting and hard closing. If you were going to tie negative emotions and feelings to somebody else's product or service, please, 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 please make sure whatever you're saying or doing is true and whatever you're saying or doing is accurate. Do not make stuff up. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.